Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In Thomas Aquinas's Summa Theologiae, Prima Pars question two, which has to do with the existence of God, Thomas Aquinas will tell us that there's five main ways to argue for or to reveal the existence of God to the interested, querying person. And the first of these is actually from what we can translate as change or a little bit more literally motion, ex parte motus right? We'll talk about what motus means in just a moment because it's important to create a dissociation between our present day understanding of motion and the broader sense that it has. But he also says, interestingly enough, that this way is the most evident or obvious or clear manifesti order. So that's why he starts with the first way. It's not set up like, well, if you don't buy this, then maybe you'll buy this. All of these are sort of complementary ways of arguing for the existence of something that he'll say in the end, this is what everybody calls God, right? And we'll get to that in just a bit. So motion or change, motus, includes all sorts of changing and it's not just like billiard balls hitting each other and transferring a certain amount of force to each other or you know to use an example that Thomas will bring up a little bit later in this this thing talking about a stick a bakula needing to be moved by a hand if the hand does not move the stick the stick won't move anything else right so it includes that kind of motion but it also includes changing state, you know, coming into being, being corrupted or breaking down into things, movement in in place, all those sorts of things. And so he'll use another example of fire causing wood to become actually hot in this way, causing change, causing motus in the wood. So what is change. So Thomas is going to be using an Aristotelian metaphysical framework in which what it is to change is to go from potentiality, potentia, possibility you could also say, or power, right? Those are all ways of translating this. A capacity is another way. Going from potential to, now it's translated in different ways. And I do want to mention that the Blackfriars translation here, not the best because it talks about perfection. In Latin, it's actually octus, which we can translate as the cognate act, but also as actuality, right? Activity is kind of connected to this as well. So going from potential to actuality, and you know, many things have the potential for many different changes. Our bodies are a prime example, very complicated structure capable of being, you know, in general healthy or sick, right? These opposites that we can put together, but then, you know, healthy exists in many different ways and you can be healthier. We'll put all that aside for the moment. Hopefully you've got your head around this notion that what's happening when something is changing is it's moving 
moving from a potentiality that it has to an actuality of it, a more of it being what it is, you could say. Now, how does this happen? So Thomas points out that a thing by itself cannot move itself from potentiality to actuality. It requires something else to do that. And we call this causation, right? And it can happen in a number of different ways. The second main way of proving God's existence is going to rely on what we call efficient causality. But there's also for Thomas Aquinas, as for any Aristotelian, material causality, final causality, formal causality, all of these are connected together in interesting ways. So that's all set up. That's contained within this article for the argument that's going to be made. So the argument itself goes like this. We notice that something in the world is moved or changed. Aliqua moveri in hoc mundo, right? And, you know, you could translate it as just something in a very generic sense. We could say, listen, we see things, plural, in the process of change, including ourselves, right? But all these other things around us, sometimes we even make things change. You know, I eat the breakfast, it's down in my stomach, gets dissolved and digested, and it becomes more me, right? That's being transformed in the process. Now, Aquinas says we can grasp this with our senses. He's not saying that we can grasp cause and effect with our senses. He's saying that what our senses take in is the fact that things do change. How do they change? Here's where we start to move beyond just sensibility and we start to take on a metaphysical viewpoint about the world. One that, you know, is, is fairly commonsensical. We could say that scientists also believe this and so do all sorts of other people. No effect without some sort of other thing, which is a cause which is taking the something in the world that's moved from its potential to actuality, from its potentia to octus. So there's something else. He says, ab alio, by something else, right? So he says that to cause change is to bring into being what was previously only able to be. This can only be done by something that already is. So there's a priority to the causer compared to the caused or changed or moved, the effect, right? So this is something that is in being, has actuality, and it's causing something else to have that. So let's look at the example that he uses now, fire and wood. He says that fire is actually hot. He says, secret calidum in actu. It is hot in act, right? And then the fire is touched to a piece of wood, a lignum, and the wood is hot in potential or in potency, in potentia, right? It's not yet hot. And we took it in from outside, from the woodshed, right? So we put the wood on the fire, the fire is touching it. Now the wood is able to get hot and combust. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we could talk about going on there. But you don't want to get too far into the weeds with this. So it causes the wood, which is able to be hot, which has the potential for that, to become actually hot. In this way, it causes change in the wood. So prime example there that I think is fairly intuitive to wrap your head around. And then we could say, all right, well, what caused this something else? It didn't 
like make itself just be what it is any more than this thing did. It didn't bring its own potentiality, potentiality to actuality. So there has to be another thing, another cause behind that and so on and so on. And we can go back very far with these sets, these matrices of causes. Could we go back endlessly to infinity, as we say? And Thomas says, hoc autum non est procedere in infinitum, right? What does that mean? So this process cannot go back, procedere, cannot go on in infinitum, endlessly, without any sort of limit. Why not? So here's an interesting part of the, the argument, right? It's not just, well, you just can't go back to infinity. Because you never get the entire process started if you're just kicking the metaphysical can all the way down the road. You need to have some sort of first mover or changer, which is the bringing of other things out of their potentiality into actuality. That's what it does, right? So there has to be a primum movens, a first mover is how this is said, or else nothing happens. And here's where he brings up the example of the stick and the hand. It is only when acted on by the first cause right? That the intermediate causes will produce any change. If the hand doesn't move the stick, the stick will not move anything else. So there has to be some first cause of change, right? Ergo necesse est divinere. We have to arrive at or derive ad aliquod primum movens, some sort of first mover, quod a nullo movetur, which is not moved by anything else, and here we get the famous formula. This all understand as or by, however you want to translate it, God hoc omnes intelligent deum. So one way of understanding God would be as this first mover or changer, lacking which no other movement or change could really be taking place. But we know that it is taking place. So therefore... There must be such a first mover, and that is God. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.